the face whenever I can. My managers walk out, we jerk men. Protected by niggas with big dicks, AKs, and 187 skills. Let me tell you something, you might got more cash than me, but you ain't got the skills to eat a nigga's ass like me. Bell groupies getting shaky when I come from the rear. Yes, 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 welcome back to the podcast. Beloved, this is indeed your brother, Big VJ, checking in. Today's conversation, we're going to talk to grown folk. No babies, beloved. We're going to talk to grown folk, right? We're going to have a little conversation about sexuality and entertainment, whether this be theater, what they call actors and actresses, and the hip-hop community about some of the lyrics that they say we listen Support, buy, share, yet we we said nothing about it. Right? So, yeah, this conversation for mama and them and granddaddy and them and auntie and uncle and them and big cuz, big brother, big sister, but no babies, right? Unless you have been living underneath a rock. Somebody has let the cat out of the bag, right? You know what I'm saying? Because our brother Cat Williams is out of the bag. And he is saying pretty much everything that we have been saying on a grassroots level. On a underground level. He's just confirming it. Never have we seen before. A class A actor. A class A comedian. Shed so much light. On what's going on behind the scenes. Because normally when you hear these things about Hollywood. Right. Or Holly Weird and Tizzle Town. It's, it's from an actor or actresses or a comedian, but they're not at the highest level. You know what I'm saying? Not to be disrespectful, it's like a class B, class C kind of like talent. And yeah, he he or she, they, they're saying some powerful information, but we never heard it come from the greats, right? We looking up to Pryor and Mooney and Eddie Murphy and, uh, we just never heard it. We're listening to our senior hall, and you know, we seeing the famous rappers come from the West Coast, and we just never heard those stories from them. They don't say anything. But the young brother from the Midwest, Cat Williams, is saying a lot. Homosexuality is running rampant in Tizzletown, according to our brother, right? So much so that in order for you, according to Katna, to reach certain heights in Hollywood, normally that is an indication that a 
man did something very improper with another man, right? So, before we go into our conversation, let me say this, because this ain't going to be one of those gay bashing things where we throwing our brothers and sisters that live their lifestyle underneath under the bus. That's not going to happen. They're not going underneath no bus, no train, no vehicle whatsoever. Here on Real Black Content Forum Podcast, we say this. If you have a gay person in your family, your first, first, first thing that you must do is love them. Secondly, you must protect them because there's a lot of people that does not like those people living that kind of lifestyle. Thirdly, you must educate them. We had a conversation on this platform maybe four or five years ago. We pulled out some studies in which the lifestyle of homosexuality was 2%. And that's what they call a normal market. Out of 100 people, typically you have two people have a deviation in lifestyle. And that's kind of normal. This is according to science, right? Out of 100 females, out of 100 males, 2%. We can see, though, in today's society, it, it is not 2%. It is nowhere near 2%. So, if something has been going on this long in history this way and then it switches and changes in the present to this way then we must we must look at is there an agenda taking place because we know there are two kind of people on the planet there's original people and then there's non-original people and Non-original people do not reproduce as fast as original people. So, the scientific deceiver must put something in place to slow down the birth rate of original people. We're not saying that homosexuality is the only tool that is being used. What we are submitting to the family is it is indeed one of the tools that the devil is using to slow down the birth rate of the original family, right? I want to say what, in the 1920s, when did uh, Plecker do that racial integrity act? I want to say 1920s, if I'm not mistaken. It's a wicked doctor named Plecker. And he put together out of Virginia something called the Racial Integrity Act, in which he he introduced to the Western world the one drop rule. Now it already existed off the books. This is just the first time he put it on the books. If you have one drop. One relative, one parent, I should say, that is non-white, 
you become whatever they were in real time. What that did was it helped actually speed up their demise because that that's not sustainable because even though we know race is not real we just use the term black because it's in the western world that is a classification when you have knowledge yourself black only ring it only means original when we say black it, you can know it's synonymous with saying original but when the devil said that, that's not what he's talking about it is a racial classification in an apartheid system a classism system which these group of people is going to be out they're going to be on the bottom that's what black mean in the western world you're on the bottom you're at the bottom you are designated to be there your children's children's children is designated to be there and to fill that pool up with more people at the bottom the one drop rule was created now we see that it's working against them that's pretty much how it worked when the devil do things it kind of looked like he win was it he went with it at the beginning but sooner or later it always shows it always backfires no matter what he does try to put wars all over the place it backfires try to put drugs all over the place it backfires whatever he tried to do to you it backfires and hurts him where's well, hurting him now because he doesn't have the numbers he's fading out in less than 20 years he will be the minority in the Americas all of the Americas he lost South America already he lost the islands already the only thing he have left is North America and in less than 20 years he's going to lose that he has his home base of Europe but the Africans have taken over the Turks have taken over and the Arabs are moving in so he won't even have Europe so he has nowhere to go the only where or only place he can go is he's hiding behind technology he's hiding behind the laboratory he is hiding behind where he feels the safest and the most secure at and that is in that space of technology he must slow black and brown people birth rate down therefore he is spreading the gospel of homosexuality every single where he goes because he needs black and brown people to stop having children beloved and that's where we are at today right let's talk about hip-hop right let's talk about brooklyn right in the heart of new york city let's talk about biggie smalls what will make a hip-hop artist in the lyrics say you look so good he will suck on your daddy's dick stop can we cook on that just for a little while can we cook on that because 
Biggie Smalls, rest in peace, he's no longer here, is considered one of the greatest masters of ceremonies that ever lived. The best that ever held a microphone and this and that. Yet, you look so good. This is Biggie now saying this is in his lyrics. You look so good. He would suck on your daddy's dick to have you. Where was the hip hop community at when he said that? Where was Harlem? Where was the Bronx? Where was Brooklyn? He's from Brooklyn. Where was Brooklyn? For everybody that says he's the greatest MC ever, I would love, beloved, I would love, I would love, I would love to put that lyric, that quote, on a shirt and pass it around for everybody that say big is the best they will have to wear that shirt around the city where he says you look so good he will suck on your daddy's dick what will make DMX say suck my dick this is a grown man right he fooled a lot of niggas because you know even though he was a dope MC he said a prayer at the end you know, our folks love some religion, so they're going to connect with you. It don't matter if you just have a thousand kids by a bunch of different women and you always associated yourself with robbing and stabbing and taking and, you know, don't matter. You say a prayer. You cry a little bit. You got our people. Our people love that spooky stuff. You know what I mean? They may not have bought... The man may have had 12, 13, 14 studio albums. They may got one, if any. But they love that brother. And he made a song, man, Dogs for Life. One of my favorite joints, Dogs for Life. But yet, though, let's just talk about the lyric. Suck my dick. If your five-year-old hear that and they repeat it, and your seven-year-old say that and they repeat it, if you're in high school and you're getting upset, you're finna get in the fight and that become... The marching orders or the quote before the fight. Look at the energy we put out in the world. Look at the energy we put out in the world. When DJ Quick say he never sucked a, uh, he never had his dick sucked by a man before, but you're gonna be the first, you trick asshole. When DJ Quick says that, and that's going through the airwaves, the devil stamped that, he let you get that. See, that's the, see, the devil owned the FCC. If anything come over the airways, he he gave it the green light for that to be said. It just don't happen like that. I, I'll give an example. At the end of one of Tupac's songs, um, I think it was one that he made with Dre. Uh, in the city, city of Compton, something we keep it rocking. And on, on the part of the joint, he's one of the at the end of one of them songs, he said. Uh, we coming for all these black bitches and Jewish hoes. And he got the call from Jimmy Iovine. You know what part they took out? The Jewish hoe part. There's a part when the locks, there's a group from Yonkers. And they got a song called um, All About the Benjamins. And then they got another song that say, um, I think it's uh, 20, 24 hours to live, something. But there's, there's a line that Styles P say, or I think it's Jada Kiss, he said, you should do like we do, stack chips like Hebrews. You should do like we do, 
stack chips like Hebrews. Clyde Davis gave him the call. Did he got the he had to pick up on the other than that hook? Hey man, take that part out with the Hebrew. The rest is good. So the devil is he's overseeing what you he know exactly what you're saying. But he's going to let you put that in the airways because according to him, see, he said he got to feed his family. He said, man, this is how I feed my family, man. Your destruction, this is what that small hat hook nose, Leo Corn said, your destruction is how I feed my family. And then one of the artists that he found, and I keep saying this, because they don't put this on television. The last artist that he was working with, Young Thug out of Atlanta, when they caught the brother, listen now, he was doing a ritual before he was he produced an album. He's doing a goat killing ritual. They put spells on top of spells on these products and they give them to you. That's why you have a black man that's a comedian or an actor in a dress. They put a spell on the brother. To pass that spell one day to you. How many of you guys, beloved, let me ask you this. How many uh, ever ever wore some, some Gucci before? Or Fendi before? Let me ask you this. I bet you everybody can go back to the feeling that they felt when they got their first pair of Nikes. When they got their first pair of J's. You know what I'm saying? Mama could have went up to the store. She could have easily went up to the bodega, right? That gas station up the street. Right next to that pack of cigarettes, they got them, they call them bubbles. You know, we used to call them bubbles. They got them bubbles. They ain't got no name. Uh, the shoe had, it was a plastic piece. They didn't come in the box. The plastic piece, it held the shoes together. Nice brand new shoes. You said, man, I don't want, mama, I don't want them. I don't want them bubbles. <laughs> I don't want them. When I was coming up, beloved, they had a store called Payless, right? I'm really dating myself now. They had a store called Payless. And whatever Foot Locker came out with, Foot Locker and Foot Action came out with on a Friday. That Saturday, Payless was releasing the same shoe. It just, it just didn't have a logo on. Whatever Jordan dropped on Friday, Payless had the replica shoe. You know what I'm saying? For... 85% off it was 85% cheaper than what it was in the footlocker you did not want that shoe <laughs> beloved you wanted the shoe that they did the ritual over it had gravitating power to it and you know what when you put that Nike on when you put that Gucci on and that Fendi on it didn't feel it just it it didn't feel like that cheap shit. It just felt different. It gave you a different attitude. It just made you feel like you can run faster. And it gave you sauce. It gave you swag. You felt that energy that came with that shoe. You felt that energy that came with that ritual. You felt it. You want to feel it again. And again. And again. And then the black designer, he comes out. He makes a shoe just as good as what them crackers make in them European fashion houses. Just as good. He make the shoe just as good. He make the clothing just as good. You know what he don't do though? 
He just made the clothing. He don't put no spell on it. So you don't even have the same attracting power to that brand. A sister come out and make a purse. It don't. It, when you say Chanel, you say, man, I, when your old lady come, you say, baby, I want another Chanel bag. Like, damn, I just got you. I, they got another one, though, baby. I just got to have it. Say, damn, it's a spell on that shit. These women got to have a Chanel bag. They got to have a Brahmin. They got to have a Gucci. They got to have a Louis Vuitton. They got to have that ritualistic brand. If these shoes can make you feel a certain kind of way, and these purses make you feel a certain kind of way, what you think a dress is doing to a man? Don't you think something is coming over him? He's not picking a dress. He's not putting on his auntie dress at the house. You know what I'm saying? He's not putting on his big mama dress. They got this nigga a wardrobe. They flew this stuff in. It's on the rack. It's all in a fancy bag. And it. No, this is just for you. No, no. Nobody can put this on but Dave Chappelle. Because I know we run around like Chappelle ain't never worn no dress. And your brother had to put up a video saying, no, that nigga put that dress on too, y'all. No, he had it on. It's just a few that didn't. D.C. Curry, he a rock. I think Earthquake, he's a rock from D.C. He ain't did it. Cat ain't did it. A lot of them comedians from Detroit, they ain't do it. It fit perfect on Dave Chappelle. He had the men in, he was on the uh, men in tights or something like that. He had the goddamn, he talking about some weird purse at. And then on top of that, he did a skit with the goddamn hook-nosed devil himself. That curly head hook nose devil. Every time you see him robbing, robbing this, robbing that. Cause he got the, you know, he got the house nigga that worked with him. You know what I'm saying? You know who I'm, I'm talking about Howard Stern. With the 30 year deep house nigga, the, the coon sister, he got up in the front. Robin's gonna do the news and uh, we got some great guests coming in. <laughs> hey, what are you guys laughing at so much? I think I fared up too much, jerks. All right, let's uh, let's start a new video of Baba Boobie's banana. Baba Boobie. Well, you okay, what do you think of it? Well, Howard. Hey, Robin. What's the matter with you? You have a goal? As a matter of fact, I do. Really? What's wrong with your chest goal? <laughs> hey, Robin, you taking temperature? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd you stick to the thermometer. <laughs> then he he always makes bits and skits that make our people look like suckers he got Dave Chappelle in the skit big old fake titties whack ass makeup on ain't even put a wig on the nigga and they running a a crazy ritualistic skit where's the black father at You see how important fathers is? That Howard Stern had um what's our brother that played um George Jefferson? Uh what's our brother that played George? God damn it, I can't think of our brother. Uh, Sherman, Sherman Hensley, I think the brother name, he's no longer here. Sherman. I think Oh, hush up. I hate blackface. <laughs> 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 
I just can't get this shit off. <laughs> Besides, Whoopi done wrote everything I'm going to say here tonight, so it's all right. Ain't that right, you smelly nigga? <laughs> I didn't write that. Well, you is a smelly nigga. <laughs> I got some more jokes for your New Year's Eve party there. You're not tired of this. And don't be racially offended, because Whoopi done wrote them for me, okay? Here go we go. Ahead. Black hole. Black hole. You're going to love this. Hello there. <laughs> What do I loves most about the Whoopi? Oh, yeah. Hey. Such a great timing. Hey, Robin, what does you call a black rocket scientist? I don't know, Dad. A nigga. No. Whoopi wrote it, Whoopi no. wrote it. Hey, did you no. happen to notice this? No, what this is that? This here is my mother, Mama Dancing. <laughs> Why, she done working blackface, too. She must be very proud. Yeah. Now, I know you really love me, Ted. You the man. Uh, I tell you, you know, you the man. <laughs> What done happened to Sherman's career? <laughs> it's really over the end. I want you to give us a kiss, you smelly coghead coon. I love May you. May I say something yeah. here? Mm-hmm. Oh, you can say whatever you want, you smelly nigga. Oh! <laughs> Whoopi wrote that. That's it, Ted. You didn't know I was going to say that. Whoopi had no chance to write it. I don't accept that kind of language. You can call her whatever you want, but you don't talk to me that way or I'll leave. Well, don't let the door hit you on your big black ass, my mom, on the way out of here. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. Now, Whoopi, you is a filthy nigga. <laughs>
I can make that team, but you know what the coach want me to do? He want me to be a cheerleader and put on a cheerleader outfit for a week, right? And do some cheerleader games first. And he said, after I pay my dues as being a cheerleader and I got to walk around with this tutu, he going to put me on the team. What do you say to that? You the father now. What do you say now? What do you say to that? Daddy, I can make that basketball team. I can make that baseball team, but I got to be a cheerleader first. Coach said I got to put the dress on. But look, dad, it's my dream. It's my dream. I want to be on the ba- the baseball team, the basketball team. I want to be on the swimming team. But coach said I got to wear the cheerleading dress first. What do we tell our sons? Shit, you, ain't, you don't want it that bad. No, son, we ain't going to let you do that. We ain't going to fuck that coach and fuck that team. We don't, want it. we don't want it that bad, son. We do something else. And we got to go on the back and make our own team. <laughs> we'll make our own team, but we ain't doing that shit. I want to get, I want to be a part of this fraternity. I always wanted to be a Kappa. I always wanted to be an Alpha. You know, even me and myself are like that black and gold. I always just wanted to be a, a, a Omega. But you know what they told me, Pops? When I'm online, I'm going to have to wear a dress for the whole week. Shit, we don't want it that bad. They can keep that Greek ass shit. They got undertones of homosexuality anyway. But we going to keep that as our little secret. Nah, they can keep that shit, Scrap. We'll do something else. They offering a good job down at the bank. A good job down at the city. A good job down at the state. A good job down at the power company. All, only thing they want me to do is pay my dues and put on this dress to get that job what are we saying as fathers I think y'all see where I'm going with that we don't fucking want the job that goddamn bad son we'll do something fucking else you see where we at with it I'm the son you're a reflection on me I'm the son what kind of light you think I'm a shine in the world you're, I'm, the, I'm the greatest son in this household and you're a reflection of me there's no fucking way the minute I would have heard any of my ne- it ain't got to be my son my nephew one of my cousin's sons and I'm listening to a rap album and I hear that nigga say you look so good I suck on your daddy's dick first thing you would have heard I'm, I'm on the jack hey man hey 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 Man, I just heard your son album, dog. Yeah, man. Hey, you hear what you hear what your son say? Yeah, man. He's saying something. I think you need to go to track number four, right? Right after the hook, he's saying some crazy shit. I think you need to you need to see something about that a little bit, cause that shit sound crazy to me, bro. You hear me, Cub? All right, then. Peace, peace. That's a phone conversation. What? Big is Jamaican. Y'all know this, right? Biggie got Jamaican roots. What do you think they were saying on that island when they heard that shit? What do you think? Some of y'all niggas don't really travel, so let me just fill you in on what I'm really trying to say. Hey, them those uh those yardy boys, they don't play that shit, they don't play that kind of shit. That ain't what they know. <laughs> they don't play no shit like that. No. When I met you, I admit my first thoughts was a trick. You look so good, huh? I suck on your daddy's dick. When 
when I met you, I admit my first thoughts was a trick. You look so good, huh? I suck on your daddy's dick. You look so good, huh? I suck on your daddy's dick. Trash! You brought down the whole fucking momentum. Who was Big's father, though? Uh-oh. Was Big Father in the home? Uh-oh. You see the importance of the son in the household? Where you gonna get your light from? Because the father's not in the household. We're gonna leave it there. The family unit will fix 95% of our problems. A strong family unit will fix 95% of our problems. The family unit. There's a movie I want you guys to see, beloved. How about that? Uh, I want you to see a movie called Hollywood Shuffle. It is a movie by Robert Townsend. He did a brilliant job. Uh, I'm a man of a certain age, so man, that was that it was that deal when it first came out. Fuck remaking the color purple. Cause that shit, the brother minister exposed that 20 years ago. They're gonna re-release a goddamn color purple again and you know, Asa Tarazi talking about she's not making the money she's supposed to make in Hollywood. I said, God damn, how, how fucking rich you want to be? How rich do you want to be playing Cookie, goddamn? Huh? How, how rich you want to be playing Jody, old lady? How rich you want to be playing shit like that? How rich you want to be playing in fucking color purple? You should be rewarded for shit like that? You supposed to get top $8 for playing them kind of... Maybe that's different, different. Check out that film by Robert Townsend, Hollywood Shuffle. If any movie should be remade and put out, it should, beloved, be that one. That is such a timeless piece that Robert put together. That shit holds weight today. It holds weight today. Don't you know, beloved dad, they are sexually assaulting black men in Hollywood to no end. To no end. Christian Keys just came out, got on his Twitter, said, man, I'm going to expose some guys. Hey, man, just drop these motherfuckers' names, bro. Don't, don't act like you finna pull the trigger. Just pull the trigger. Terry Crews got his Hollywood wake-up call. We respect Terry because Terry put a name on it. How come we don't hear this kind of shit from DL? Damn, nigga, you live in LA and you ain't got no Hollywood stories? But see, he run around with them liberals. None of these guys got any hot. Cat is the only person that got a Hollywood story? Cat Williams, he's the only person that's willing to jump up and stand up and say, hey, man, this shit looking funny over here, bro. Brandon T. Jackson, young brother from my city. I know his pops. I know his family, right? They got a church on the west side. Brandon T. Jackson 
is an actor. He said Denzel told him, you can go to the parties, just go before the devil show up. Pardon me. You can go to the parties, just leave, I mean to say, before the devil shows up. Show your face and leave, get up out of there. Because it's finna go left. Let me tell you this. I'm going to close out the video, but I'm, I'm going to say this, right? I'm going to go ahead and say this a little bit. Hey, <laughs> check this out. Before they put these niggas in a dress, because I'm going to tell you how this cracker do. He just don't throw nothing in the oven. He seasoned his meat first now. You know what I'm saying? He see he he got that turkey. He's slapping that, that jive turkey all on the front side, the back side. And he got them, that hook nose is seasoning these niggas up to put them in a motherfucking oven. You know when he starts seasoning these niggas up? I want to say right around the late 60s, early 70s. The 70s for sure. Because he put that LSD out and them niggas got high. And you can see when they put that LSD out, it changed the way our people even dress. Go back and look at a, a, a Motown, a Motown album, album cover, Motown greatest hits, all in the 1960s. I want you to just take a look. And then you start seeing that cracker push, marijuana, heroin, and LSD at the fucking end of the 60s, at the beginning of the 70s. And then you see an artist named Boosie Collins come up. And you start looking at how these niggas start dressing. Everything start becoming tight. This flashy ass goddamn uh, blazers. These flashy ass goddamn pants. Now he got these niggas in these goddamn, uh, what they call them, like heels or platform, kind of like shoes. The cracker put them in the, in the platform shoes to push their ass up. Now niggas walk around with this tight ass shit with their ass tweeted all up. See, that was the seasoning process. I keep telling you, man, your brother keep telling you, look, bro, they just, these crackers looking 50 years down the line. They want your son. Listen, listen. They want your 12-year-old son to have a 24-year-old husband. This is the crackers play. He's working on that shit today to get that shit done by 2045. He, that's how they play. By 2045, by 2065, he want to have the law out there. He's working on the play now. You're waiting. You're waiting on the weekend. You waiting on that weekend. Then the year come around, which is America's year, right? Because he's he's going to hand you some money, call it income tax, and you finna go get one of these raggedy ass cars that's gonna last you for another year. Come back. See, he got you on the day to day to day to day. Weekend, 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 weekend schedule. This cracker is on a 50-year schedule and a 100-year schedule. You are not. He was seasoning our people in the 60s, the late 60s and 70s. Watch how the, the all, everything changed with the dress. For the, I'm talking for the brothers now, right? Everything changed, dress for the brothers. And then he started pushing something very different on our sisters because all of our sisters were thin, in them 60s and 70s now they eating so much shit full of hormones and all these toxins because he's gonna get your goddamn 10 year old daughter prepped and ready to get a 30 year old husband he got your listen he got your 10 and 12 year old son getting ready for a 30 year old husband and he got your 10 year old daughter getting ready for because he finna put his pedophilia on everybody it's coming so he gotta prep your daughters now so you know when your daughter 12 and 14 and 16, her titties gonna be bigger than a 35-year-old woman. He putting the shit in the food to make it that way. 
in the same time, he trying to put something in, in the pills for your son to make him, you know what I'm saying, to make him more feminine. He's pumping the estrogen. Let me say it this way. He's pumping the estrogen in all the food. So the estrogen going to make the woman, the young lady, more of a woman and the man more of a woman. Because this is what he's trying to do for 30, 40 years from now. But he started doing this shit in the, in the 70s. Hardcore. His feet were to the pedal to the metal in the 70s. All right. By the time you get up to fucking Michael Jackson, you see a real effeminate black man now. And they put our brother Mike on the biggest fucking stage. And he took Prince with him. Am I saying our people wasn't talented? Of course they was talented. I'm just showing you he had a plan to goddamn get him. Before he got him in that dress, he got him in the 70s first. Then by the time you get to that, you get to the 80s, he give you the three biggest male stars from our culture in the 80s Michael Jackson Prince Luther Vandross now it's easy to put Martin in the dress because he's been watching and looking up to effeminate men the whole time the shit that Eddie Murphy go back to the 80s and look at what Eddie used to wear on that stage you couldn't do that in the 60s, in the 50s. But he's out there and he out there with the hook nose. And he's from New York City. He's from Brooklyn. But what, what, what do I tell you about them niggas from New York? They, those small hats run them niggas in New York City. Brother, I've been to New York. The small hat run everything in New York. He runs every, he got a stronghold out there. He's running New York. He's running them niggas out there. Go back and look at Delirious with Eddie had on. Go back and look at Raw, his stand-up comedy. You see the stages, the open manifestation of the effeminate black man being ushered in. That train is moving, and now the whole world is dependent on Cat Williams to stop it. To expose it. But your brother gonna need some help. And now we're really, 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 we really leave it there. Peace and black power to your family. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for hanging out. This is indeed Real Black Contest Form Podcast, man. It's your brother V. Man, I'm gonna get it with you guys later. Beloved, peace. Peace and more peace. Protected by niggas with big dicks, AKs, and 187 skills. Let me tell you something, you might got more cash than me, but you ain't got the skills to eat a nigga's ass like me. Bell groupies getting shaky when I come from the rear. Now all you niggas that been to jail before know that it's about to get thick. Bangkok and Bangkok. You look so good, huh? I suck on your daddy's dick. I like to fuck him in the ass while he beat up the pussy. Yeah. I never had my dick sucked by a man before. But you gon' be the first, you little trick ass hoe. Yeah, Nothing in my mouth and not the side of my hand.
80 pound balls, six, six inch long. Shorty got some real good pinners. Niggas press their luck in, they get a butt fucking. I eat a nigga ass like an almond joy. Hey, ooh, hey, look at, look at, uh, Ian back there, nigga. Dick get hard by the song. Real niggas with big dick. On the mic, like shit, shit, shit. I wanna fuck Tyler in his ass. See, I'm in love with him. I wanna come at him and get him open. More than your body, baby. Damn, it's your brain. You make me wanna kiss you like baby kiss Wayne. He think he hard when I chop up beat his meat. I handle homo solo. Hey yo, what's up with that bull junior khaki? An easy dick, it's smelling like MC Wynn shit. Yeah, nigga, when we see your ass, we gon' cut your hair off and fuck you with a broomstick. If I got no nuts, it's because they still stuck in your ass. I'll jump off a hiding in the room. Fuck them with the broom. See, Zay Tobin, that's my nigga. I've been fucking him forever. He don't want it with me. He in DC. I can have a nigga run up.